Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now. From the dirt tracks across Australia, welcome to Inside Speedway with Dennis Newman and Craig Revell. Good evening, Dennis, and good evening, listener. Well, plenty of news, and you've got some hot off the presses from the United States, Dennis. Well, only a matter of uh, just uh, a couple of hours ago, I um, know it's only been completed. This is the second race in the USAC Indiana Midget Week Series. Um, tonight's event um, was held at Gas City, Indiana, and, of course, Wednesday in the US. And it was won by Kyle Larson. He took the lead, 13 laps remaining, and started from position 14 and uh, to, to win uh, a great race in the second round of the 6th annual Indiana Midweek Series. Uh, Wednesday night American time at Gap City, 69 Speedway. And, and of course, no surprise, uh, leads the series. <laughs> but um, interesting results here, Craig. Um, just just uh, the way it all panned out with... Um, let me just get it up here on screen. Okay, here we go. The feature result, of course, Kyle Larson, Buddy Kofoy, who a name that um, your listeners will remember, who raced here in Sydney at Valvoline Raceway a couple of years ago, finished second. And Tyler Courtney was third. Now, uh, so you've got Larson, Buddy Kofoy, Tyler Courtney, a top three. And, um, of course, no surprise that um, the national points um, in the in the USAC, well, I'll give you the national points in USAC Midget Championship first. Tyler Courtney is leading on 478 points from Chris Windham, 448. Hannah Thorson, 438. And the top four rounding out the top four, Buddy Coford, 424. Interesting story with Buddy Coford, um, Craig. He, um, in more recent years, the last four months, has certainly expanded his race operation. And um, uh, is uh, heading across the Midwest more regularly these days, both with sprint cars and also midgets. And uh, he's figured good results here, and um, he's fourth in the series. And uh, that's a great effort. I think probably overall, um, when you look at his effort and where he's at, um, uh, he's, he's certainly, I think, a man with a great future. Remember when he came out to Australia a couple of years ago, driving a sprint car for Bernie Gordon, little known or heard of this bloke or not much. He was still at school, as a matter of fact, when he first arrived here a couple of years ago. And um, he's progressing really well. He looks to be starting to be a real star of the future. So that's Buddy Coford out of California. Now, the Midget Week points, Kyle Larson, 155, and a Thorson, 144. Buddy Coford, third in the, in the USAC uh Midget Series, 129 points. So, so a good result all round. Um, and just repeating the, the three in the USAC National Series at this stage, Tyler Courtney, Chris Wyndham, and Ken Thorpe. So a good effort. And it certainly Kyle Larson's the man to beat, there's no doubt about that, as we would expect. You know, a great talent. I know he's had a bit of controversy this year, but you cannot dispute anything about his driving ability. He is just brilliant, regardless of whatever he drives. Indeed. One interesting thing I saw recently, too, is the new Gladstone Auto Club Gladstone Speedway. 
And uh, mm-hmm. that is taking shape as we speak. And they've put up some photos on social media and the, what they're right. building out there just looks absolutely spectacular. Right, right. That's it, all good stuff. Yep. Yeah. It is, a, yeah. It is um, an interesting interesting circuit. It's It's not – it hasn't got two straights, as it were. It's got one straight, but the, the back end isn't like your Liverpool or your Trali D. It, it's, sort right. of a, it, it's sort of slightly different. Um, it's almost like it's round for three quarters of the racetrack. Right. Um, okay. And the, the front straight isn't really a front straight, but uh, it's not egg-like, but it's close. Yeah, right. That's interesting. <laughs> That's very, very interesting. So it looks yeah, like it's uh, going to be a, a great track for, uh, well, Gladstone's far north Queensland, isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, they, that, that's interesting. That, that is a, certainly a development there. And, of course, Gladstone over the years um, has played a role in, in a number of different events um, um, in, in another lifetime ago. So that's, that's good news, Craig. Now, speaking of different things too, um, we were talking here last week about next and his return to racing um, in the Polish Bike League. Well, that happened last weekend, and Poland is the first country back on uh, the Speedway Bike Racing League scene, and Max Rick scored five points. Uh, the team, uh, the Roslo Lab team, uh, took out the uh, league encounter against a, a club called Motor Lublin, L-U-B-L-I-N, and it was at the famous Roslab Stadium. In, in Poland, of course, in, in bike racing, that venue is very, very historic. Uh, was the scene on the 6th of September 1970 of Ivan Major's uh, hat-trick of successes in the World Individual Speedway Bike Championship. So a, a very significant historical venue. Uh, Ty Wolfenden also uh, was in the side that um, Max Brick races for and um, um, Ty, three times British uh, or England world champion, um, scored a uh, paid 11 points. Um, so a good start for the boys um, back on their bikes. And uh, Max has got a bit of a problem because uh, the riders in Poland are still quarantined uh, and really have got to stay in Poland. Um, this is a difficult situation. And not only that, but he rides for clubs in Denmark and Sweden as well <laughs> and uh, whilst there's no sign of when they're going to start racing again um, he's um, quarantined in Poland mm-hmm. and just on that um, the word now with the British League is that they're looking at possibly an early August start so it's still a little bit of time away and it's just typical Craig in any form of sport this COVID-19 has just disrupted everything I mean, did you ever think you'd see a time where the end of May we would not have an Indianapolis 500? I mean, just incredible what the world's going through at the moment. You yeah, know? that but is the truth. Gradually coming back, and even though the league in Poland is racing, they ran the meeting behind closed doors with no crowd. Yep, and there there were some remarkable rides there. I do have some audio but I haven't had a chance to go through it yet from the WS, WTS Sparta um, club yep. um, because there was two riders from that team that, um, and my Polish isn't great, so, 
But there was two riders that were almost on perfect rides before the uh, last and second race um, yep. ride. Mikkel yep. Mickelson. Um, yep. Mikkel Michelson, I should say. Uh, yep, yep. He almost had a had a perfect outing. His last yep. ride, he scored a zero for some unknown reason. But they, yep. it looked now, like they did it yeah, easy. Right. Yeah, yeah, they did. Now, look, I've got to tell you, the, the top man for the Razlab team was a rider from Russia. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his surname. I'll spell it. C-Z-U-G-U-N-O-W. His first name, I can say that, all right? Fleb. Fleb. And um, this, this boy's a talent, let me tell you. I know a bit about him, and he's a, he's a future star. There's no question. And he was the top scorer in the league win uh, in Poland on the weekend. I'll tell you what, Dennis. At the end of the show, we'll play because I've got Gleb and Mickles um, audio from that. From that, we'll play yeah. it. I don't care what language it's in. We'll we'll play okay. it, and uh, everyone can have a listen to both those riders. I got a feeling that. Um, like I said, I haven't listened, but I got a feeling that you'll probably find that they're speaking in uh, yep, Russian yep. and yep. Mikhail is probably Swedish. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So, look, uh, anyway, that's great. You've got that audio uh, cut there. And um, uh, anyway, it's great that, uh, you know, the sport of Speedway is starting to come back to life again, regardless of whether it's cars or bikes. And, and certainly in America, the, the wheels are literally starting to turn again. Indeed. We've got a great show. We're going to finish off our, our chat with Tony Willoxley and uh, some interesting some interesting stories that I think everyone will uh, really be, uh, well, fascinated to hear. It's uh, uh, Tony speaking from the heart and, yeah, very, much and, and very passionate. It, it's, a, it's a great interview and uh, I look forward to everyone having a chance to uh, have a listen, and I'm sure there will be some discussion from it. Just Well, well uh, yeah, Tony does talk from the heart, and I think we got a, uh, an indication of that with part one last week. So it's interesting what he says in part two. Mm. Now, we also should mention a bunch of uh, tracks. I'm not going to go through them all because it's right across Australia, are now starting to put together their season for 20, uh, 2020, 2021, and uh, that's all being released. Um, Archer Field and Goulburn's got their Formula 500 uh, season out. One thing we, I, I'll flag with you, Dennis, and this is a programming on the run, uh, we're going to have to have a chat to the boys at um, – we're going to have to have a chat to the boys at the Legend Cars because uh, they've, they've got their season all – uh, wrapped up as well for this year yep. and declared winners and and the like, and uh, yep. they they're doing a, a great job there. Uh, Kingaroy has got the season out, and the King's Royal for twenty twenty one is in January twenty twenty second and two to the twenty fourth. And as we all yeah, well, know, that is a big one. That is their big sedan event every season, and, and you know, hasn't that race grown in status? It's a great tribute to that venue. Um, what they started off with some years ago now, uh, look look at how it's increased in popularity. The car counts these days for that event are really, really impressive and, and full marks to all concerned. Mm, indeed. Well, after this, we'll have Tony Loxley. 
Tony, one of the uh, one of the times that we would both remember, but we were both very young, was of course when AJ was at at Liverpool, and he was another guy, yep. the Indy Five Hundred champion, standing up in the crowd signing autographs. And yep. it's one of the things that's featured in your re-release book of the Liverpool era. And uh, I know that uh, you mentioned before that you've gone into a second press of that. So that's uh, fantastic news for people who missed it the first time round. Yeah, look, uh, the place of taste, I, I, again, was uh, uh, I, I had been given uh, David Cummings negatives and uh, I remember David giving them to me. He went to, we went to a yard somewhere in the inner city and uh, it was in a big uh, shipping container and he pulled them all out. And he said, Tony, look, these are yours. You can have them. All I want you to do is do the right thing by me and by the guys who work for me. And if you do a book, you know, I just want you to remember me and all the drivers and everyone who was associated with Liverpool because what I'm giving you is Liverpool. And the first person, of course, I I contacted was, again, Dennis. And then very quickly afterwards, Mike Raymond, who I dearly miss. Um, And, uh, you know, Peter McKay and... uh, so many others who were associated with Liverpool. And I started, uh, Steve Magro helped me as well up in Queensland. That was a thank him for doing interviews and getting first-hand recollections of drivers and riders who actually raced there. And, of course, Matt Burton, who was a great mate of mine, started scanning all the negatives. Now, when we're talking about negatives, I have over one million-plus negatives now that have been scanned and photographed. That's an incredible amount over about 15 years. And... The great thing about that was that we had so much content uh, that for the first time ever, we were able to capture a whole uh, track history in one book. And it just worked at the right time. You know, we had AJ Foyt write some words. We had uh, Johnny Rutherford, Steve Kinder, Ollie Olsen, Ivan Major, uh, you know, Barry Pinchbeck, Barry Graham, Paul Ash, and the terribly sad thing about this is so many of them who contributed to that first book are not around anymore and when you flip through the pages you you will understand what I mean you know the fact that Mike's not around anymore and he gets forward is, is so sad you know and um, because and then there's another guy who <laughs> had forgotten more, more than most of us would ever know about promotion and, and doing things right to not only to the fans but for the competitors and, and, and the sports future so um, yeah, look, I'm very proud to redo it. It sold out so quickly in, in the first run that uh, I just didn't have the money at the time. And being a police officer at the time, um, I think not long after that, I stopped photographing at Parramatta also for about five years to concentrate on being a good cop, you know, and I did some pretty big jobs. And uh, uh, But I was based around the, the speedway at Parramatta and Granville and that, so I just, when the races weren't, uh, when I wasn't photographing the races, I'd take some of my workmates in while we're on duty during a bit of quiet time and go to the speedway and have a look around. So um, I've reprinted it now, uh, and it's absolutely beautiful printing. And we've always done this just updates and names and things that we had wrong in the first one, and Gavin's done a magnificent job again. Uh, but we're going to give away a copy too for you guys. So um, there's a copy there um, you can give away on your show, and uh, you know, it's I'm very proud to do that for you, and uh, it's up to you how you give it away. So, and I'll give you a copy of part two as well. So you got a copy of part one and part two to give away. And um, yeah, look, I hope it sells well the second time around. 
Um, so I'm very proud of that publication. It is unique, and, and you're right, Glenn. You know, boy, you know this is this is what history should teach us. There's a guy who is probably the biggest name in world motorsport, and here he is, just signing autographs for the kids. Um, well, drivers don't even do that today, which is so frustrating. And that's a bloke who, you know, you would look up to uh, as, as one of the true immortals of world sport rule of life in the 20th century, really. Yeah. yeah, well, we thank you for that. And I guess the questions then we have to ask is, you put out the Speedway by the freeway. Uh, that was up to, what, 2014? Yep. Do you now have to add a few chapters to uh, close out the story of uh, the Speedway at Parramatta? Well, look, sadly, that, that book was probably the worst book we've ever done in terms of sales. I have no idea why, because it was certainly one of the most beautiful-looking books I think you could ever imagine. Uh, it just—it's it, it, just a beautiful book and some wonderful contributors and photographers, in it, but it just didn't sell. I have no idea why. Um, having said that, probably this is the opportunity now to—I uh, think we're going to uh, scrap all the previous copies because they are superfluous now. Uh, they uh, are, um, you know, dated. So, yeah, look, uh, Andrew and I have spoken about that and we're going to just, we'll probably have a quick talk with Sean, see if he wants to supply some more information to follow out uh, to uh, round out those years. And uh, we might give it a chance uh, to see how it goes the second time. Um, probably not print as many copies, but, uh, um, yeah, that's one of the biggest surprises. I honestly thought a book on Paramount City Raceway would, would do really well. But now that it's closing... Um, I think there's probably a better chance for it to be a lot more successful. And, uh, uh, yeah, look, we've actually planned that. So we've actually decided to add another 22 pages at the end of it uh, to round it out. So it'll probably be about 520 pages, which is a huge book. Um, it's a big investment too, but uh, I think the competitors and the fans deserve it. Um, you know, and it's a tribute, that book, wholeheartedly. to pretty much two people. Uh, to um, Sid Hopping and Bert Wilder, uh, and then in later times um, to David Lander. I think, you know, they were the, the guys who really got the place humming. David Lander did some spectacular stuff with Stuart Telfer there. It was a wonderful facility back then. I mean, it's still a great facility, best racing in Australia, by a long shot, some of the best racing in the world there at Parramatta. But times change, and, uh, you know, we move on, and... Uh, yeah, so we'll probably update it. In fairness to Barry and Felicity, we'll, it, it allows them to round out something special as well. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go, mate. I just, um, Tony, it's been an enlightening interview. Your words of wisdom are not only so interesting, but so accurate in so many different areas. And uh, Tony, it's 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 wonderful to have you on the show. We've been planning this for quite a while. Tony, just to finish it off, I know you're working on a couple of other projects. One yep. is the photographer's book. Uh, now oh, yeah. this is close to your heart. I know. Yep. Uh, just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, uh, Speedway's greatest images. Uh, that's something that um, Andrew Gavin and I are working on, and uh, Tim Rugendijk, the artist who did that beautiful Gary Rush poster, um, and also the illustrations in Sprint Cars 2, which we just released as well. These things are coming off the top of my head now as I talk. I, I can't believe it. I, 
honestly, I, I get discombobulated with all the books that we've done. Uh, yeah, look, that, that's something that's very special to me as well. There's been some incredible photographers over the years, you know, in, in America, UK, um, New Zealand, Australia. And we decided to do a book that would cover uh, from the mid-1950s all the way up to today. So we've, got, we've been able to grab some of the great photographers' work like Bob Scott and, uh, um, you know, uh, John Mahoney and Gene Christian and Mike Arthur and James Selwyn, uh, Bruce Kent, uh, gosh, so all the great Australian photographers, uh, Gordon Hogarth, Bill Meyer, Wayne Meyer, um, David Cumming, of course, uh, just and we've been able to assemble this beautiful book in England. We've got Alf Whedon's work. We've been able to cure that and Mike Patrick. So what we have is this incredible kaleidoscope of images that you have to see to believe. I mean, stuff from the 50s and 60s in the US, you know, Floyd Andretti, the Unzers and all those guys racing midget spring cars at the Indy 500, um, racing the Indy 500, I should say, and, and you know, in their, in their dirt track careers as well, and their pavement sprints and midgets and, you know, the whole great from the New Zealand, Australia, UK. European racing stuff is incredible, the bikes. Um, the solos is just breathtaking. And uh, um, that's a very important book. And, and I must commend you again, Dennis. I know that sounds something, you know, like we're uh, working lyrically here. And, but, you know, the, you've done probably one of the best stories I think I've ever read uh, out of the blue. Uh, and at very short notice, too, on, on the importance of imagery recording our sport. You can write all the words you want, but a photograph can tell a thousand words. You know, you just need one photograph and that can tell a whole story. And the great thing is with this book is that, uh, um, you know, as you as you wrote, and I won't ruin it for a room, there's been some incredible photographs taken, not just in motorsport, but history, that have captured the public's imagination. You know, the incredible Norm Probe and Arthur Summons photograph from the 19, uh, I think it's 1962, 63. Grand Final, um, some incredible photography from the Second World War that captured the public's imagination, which actually turned the tide of the war. You know, uh, the press photographers uh, were an elite group for many, many years. Today, it's not seen the same way. Uh, you know, again, the electronic medium has destroyed newspaper photography and destroyed journalism. It really has. It's going very pear-shaped, as far as I'm concerned. But we're able to do these books, which can illustrate the incredible talents of these photographers and like Gavin, guys like Gavin Skeen and, and James Selwyn and uh, in New Zealand and, and others um, uh, it's just you have to see it to believe it it's just the most incredible work and there's been some great photographers over the years in Australia and New Zealand and of course the US and England and so what we've done is we've accumulated all these images um, broken up into decades and what you have is probably the most exciting book I think we've ever ever done and it is just Incredible, uh, I, you know. There's quite a few fatals from the US, and um, unfortunately, that's part of the that's part of motorsport. You're going to race in, a, in motorsport, you can either get hurt or killed. That's the way the sport is. We, um, you know, we we uh, always touch that subject as we did, Dennis, as you remember in the showground book. Uh, you know, very tenderly and, and, and with great respect. You know, a driver gets into a race car and a rider gets on his motorbike knowing that he might not come back during those great days. Um, and it's just part of the yep, sport. Absolutely. It's but, it ha- but it happens, Dennis. And it's, it's part, you know, you're going to go and race, it's going to happen. You know, I hope it never does, but it does. It's, it's a shame. 
that can happen in football, happen in walking down the street. It's just my life. But the way you, I think the way you publish it is, is very, very important. It must be done right. Um, so that's a very important book too, you know. And, and again, it goes back to remembering the great days of when I first started and, and those heroes who were so important to me, like Bill Meyer and David Cumming and Bruce, Bruce Hunt and, you know, David Brock down at uh, uh, Raleigh Park and Don, uh, sorry, uh, Gordon Hogarth and, um, you know, just so many other great guys who have captured the essence of the sport for us all to enjoy forever. And, you know, I'm honoured to be able to preserve the history of the sport because I think it's a very, very important thing. And I, it's just a, such a shame that so many of us are, uh, these days are shunned. You know, we, we don't get the respect that we deserve, I believe, as photographers and journalists and people who record what the guys on the track actually do, you know, for others to remember so their kids can remember, so their grandkids can remember what they do. People forget this. This is why we go out. And it's a dangerous occupation getting out there and photographing. You know, it's not, you know, there's so many restrictions now too. It's just ridiculous. You know, I'm losing interest terribly quick. Uh, They're just ruining it for everyone. You know, it's becoming harder and harder and harder to get photographs now to capture what these great drivers and riders actually do on the racetrack. We're not consulted. We're not spoken to. We have nowhere where we can take out tens of thousands of dollars worth of camera gear anymore. We get wet. That's it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? No one cares. You know, but we are journalists. We are recording history, and we should be treated um, accordingly. And it's a shame that that doesn't happen. Maybe one day we'll get lucky with this new track. We might get somewhere where the press can actually gather, and you know, we, we can then feel good about supporting the sport down the road. But um, you know, in the meantime, this book is basically an ode to those great photographers and journalists who have supported so many years. You know, in America and England, the photographers and the journalists are treated so much better than we are. It's, in road racing, they're looked after phenomenally, and I was when I did those road racing books. But in Speedway, again, it has become a very, very, very poor second. And it's wrong, and it's been allowed to happen. And, you know, despite the fact that we put out these beautiful books, nothing has changed for me, Andrew, anybody who is associated with this sport. Nothing. We don't get to park in any of the tracks. We get to park out there with everybody else. Not that we're any better or any worse. But we have to lug the cameras all the way in and then all the way out, uh, protect our very, very valuable equipment. You know, it's incredibly expensive. Um, but I think, uh, you know, take it or leave it. That's how we're pretty much treated these days. So, uh, but we keep doing what we're doing because we do love the sport. And there's some fantastic sponsors out there, you know, Frank Cross and and the guys from uh, 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 so many of the, the, the race teams who support us, who buy our books, uh, you know, Alistair McKean from Southwest Conveyancing and uh, KRE Engines and all these great sponsors, Graham Lagalow and, you know, Paul Solomon and his family um, have supported us, you know, and allowed us to do these books. But the sport hasn't supported us. And that's what I find humiliating and very makes me very cranky. Um, I remember just quickly before I go, I got a bravery award once in the cop, uh, you know, for whatever it was. It was a big time thing and, and Parramatta, Parramatta City presented it to me. I was given a three-course meal, an incredible function with the mayor and all the dignitaries in there. And I was made to feel 
as were my workmates who also received bravery awards, that we were something special. You know, that we had helped change the course of whether that the course of that day that we we're actually on duty or someone's life. You know, always meant a great deal to a, a police officer. Um, and you know that I, I have nothing to reflect on in Speedway after all these years. You know, forty years only in the sport, I have nothing to reflect on that a sport says, "Hey, we really like your books, thanks." Simple as that. We're really nice books. Nothing. And this is acceptable? No, it's not. I think it's deplorable. I think it's disgusting. They have Speedway Awards and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it should be far better than it is. There should be a lot more respect shown to people like myself and to so many others who've done so many great things. But it, it, it just seems to be the way the sport is, you know. Um, it, it, it's terribly sad. The greatest thing I think I've done in the sport, this is the last thing I probably want to say, is getting that phone call through for young Reed Mackay. I think, you know, seeing him in such distress at that crash scene and then uh, knowing that it was getting really bad and being able to make that call as a police officer and tell them uh, the triple O you know, the scenario from a police officer's point of view, I'm glad saved his life. And if that's the best thing I've ever done in Speedway, then I'm very proud of that. Tony, you saved his life. Yeah, yeah, we're very lucky. But, you know, it, uh, it was very sad. It was very sad to see that young boy struggling like that. Uh, I'd been in many car smashes where uh, I was holding children as they were dying. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very hard thing to remember. And, and, I, and I could see in Reed that it was getting bad and it was, it was going to end badly. To see his poor mother and family in that there just broke my heart. Um, that's why I didn't muck around. Uh, and then... You know, shortly after, we had poor Michael Stewart, who's a lovely guy as well, lovely guy, Michael Stewart, and uh, to have the same scenario happen, you know, uh, very similar. Um, you know, uh, uh, these, these are the tragedies of the sport that, that occurred. You've seen so much of it over the years. Um, I remember uh, Rodney Day, when Rodney passed away. Um, I remember the crash. I remember building the ambos in the back of the ambulance to take Rodney's um, arm restraints off. And I said the last thing I was, before I left the ambulance was, please take care of me. And they say, we will. And then poor Rodney passed away. Um, and I, I, I let them forget that, you know, and they were doing everything they could for him. And they're, the, the, the Day family are one of our gems, you know, we're one of the great families of Speedway. And I love them dearly. They are beautiful people. And to, to be able to probably be the last person to see Rodney uh, from a friendship point of view, um, it's something that's, uh, you know, very, very special to me in a strange sort of way. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, but it's, a, it's a sad sport and at times, uh, but it's a thrilling sport. But I think it's a very selfish sport at times too. And, and that's the saddest thing for me. It can be a very, very selfish sport where only a certain amount of, amount of people seem to matter at any one time. Um, the way I see it, it's, this sport is special. Everybody is important. I always dedicate my books to huge amounts of people, to the fans, to the sponsors, to the drivers, the riders. They are all important. It's not just promoters and, and certain people running the sport who are important. At the end of the day, the stakeholders are us. It's our sport. It's our sport. We should have more of a say in it. You know, it's, it's our sport. We've made it. The fans have made it what it is today. And, and it needs to remain more that way. And um, 
You know, there's some great people doing some great things, don't get me wrong. Uh, really good people doing good things. But, um, you know, hey, I may be banned from every speedway after this, Dennis, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I'll keep doing my books. So it really doesn't matter. It's been a very enlightening interview, Tony, a very interesting interview. Your words of wisdom, believe me, make a lot of sense. And I just want to thank you also for the involvement I've had with you over the years with your books and, and, um, it's, it's been a, it's been a wonderful friendship. And, and I, and I just want to say to the listeners, this was the man who I might add, um, requested to do a eulogy at my dad and my mother's funerals. And I always, uh, never forget that in those days. And so folks listening tonight, this is, this is Tony Loxley and um, a great uh, contributor to our sport. And, Tony, it's great to have you on the show and, and continue on with your great books, your great work. I know, I know you, you, you've got a lot of plans coming up as well, and what you've told us tonight has been so enlightening and so enjoyable. Thanks, thanks Tony, uh, and I'm sure, Craig, you echo my sentiments as well. Yeah, indeed. Thanks very much for your time here on Inside Speedway. No, you're more than welcome, guys, and uh, and it's a great show, and I really appreciate all the effort you guys put into, and, and again, um, you deserve all the credit that's coming your way, and, and well done. Inside Speedway is available on sportsradio.com.au, iTunes, Spotify, and the thedirttrackchannel.com. And Dennis Newell and Craig Ravel with you on Inside Speedway. Dennis, I should take the opportunity now to say plans are coming together for your new Speedway Classics magazine. How is that all tracking? Uh, yeah, thanks, Craig. Uh, well, look, it's going it's going uh, fine. A bit hectic this last week, I've got to tell you. <laughs> oh, dear. But, um, yeah, look, there will be some great reading again. Um, I think one of the stories that will probably be compelling reading. It's uh, it's a story on Johnny Stewart, the three times Australian speed car champion, the, the, the very big name of 60s midget racing in Australia. Um, it's more about Johnny Stewart, the man, rather than Johnny Stewart, the speed car champion. Uh, very much of a personal insight into his life, the good times, the bad times. Um, and I think it'll be compelling reading. That's all I'll say. It, it, it reveals a lot of interesting topics, I can tell you. Mm. Um, now, also, there's a story on Bill Warner in there, the, uh, the National Soup Modified Star of the 60s, winner of the 1965 Australian Soup Modified Championship. Um, a, a very good story from the US uh, on the USAC midget scene in the 60s, which uh, will interest a lot of people. I've got a story on Con Migro, um, his years at Claremont Speedway. Um, the well-known journalist in England, uh, Peter Rope, is penning a story on, on Australian riders who have probably been the success stories over decades riding in England, with the likes of, you know, going right back in time, Vic Duggan, uh, Orb Lawson, Lionel Van Craig, and in more recent, you know, history, of course, the... Uh, People, people like Jim Airy and, and uh, Gordon Gasco. So uh, that will be a there's a sidecar story on the Australian champion Bill Bingham in the pages this year, uh, this uh, year of the, our 2020 Speedway Classic. So there, there's a lot, uh, hopefully, that people will enjoy reading. Uh, last year, the, the 2019 Speedway Classic worked very well, 
and I'm delighted to say that um, now headlong into the 2020 edition. And uh, again, 96 pages, colour, full of reading. But uh, a, a very, very, very intense and a big job, I can tell you. Well, that's great to hear. Now, Dennis, uh, I did promise you this. Here's Gleb Sigugnau. I'll I'll go with that. And uh, from the W. T.S. Sparta's win last week in the uh, opening of the Polish League. Osobiście przegrałem Jarku Hantelu i Grishola Gocie. Żartuję. Chciałem powiedzieć, że jestem z tego niezadowolony. Jest wszystko ok. Tak naprawdę nie jest jakiś zaskakujący wynik, bo trenowaliśmy dużo na tym torze, wiedzieliśmy co założyć. No i całkowicie to mienia osobiście jakoś tam nie jest luźne, bo Wszyscy trenowali na swoich torach i doskonale ich muszą wiedzieć teraz. Teraz będziemy mieli dwa, wyja- dwa wyjazdy. Skupiamy się i idziemy po, po, po prostu dalej. No, nic dziwnego tak. Będziemy się starali. Moim zdaniem mamy bardzo dobry sprzęt, a, więc my, będzie nam łatwiej dopasować się z takim sprzętem do innych torów. Zobaczymy. Będziemy walczyć. Brokowały ich a, ze strony atmosfery. Ze strony, czy to było dziwnie, czy to jakoś płynęło na naszym jazdę, to chyba nie. Wiemy powiedzialności, że to są nie treningi, ale tylko zawody, więc ja tylko za bardzo nie odczułem jakiejś różnicy, mimo tego, że zabrakowało ich galasu i brakowało tej atmosfery. Now, I don't know how your Russian is there, Dennis, but uh, probably the most I got out of that was it's a very strange atmosphere. Well, uh, Craig, I've got to agree with everything he said. <laughs> it's never fun to lose. Um, I felt like we had a good chance. You know, we have a solid team this year uh, and made some last-minute last improvements. Um, we pushed Rochlav very hard here last year, so uh, I actually thought we, we could do a little bit better. But, uh, you know, first, first, meeting of the, no worries, first, first meeting of the season... Um, you know, the Rochlev boys are like so dialed in on this track. It's unbelievable. They're so fast, you know. We we were following them the first bit of the meeting, even though we were all struggling a little bit with, with setup and, and everything. And uh, then like mid-meeting, they just pulled away from us and was just, we, we couldn't pull, pull it back. So uh, no, it's a bit unfortunate to be honest, but uh, you know, I'm just happy we're back racing Speedway, and uh, I think we just have to look at, at the positive things we have uh, have from today. Forget the negatives and, and move on to, to next week where we're racing in Lublin. It's always nice to do sparrings in the beginning of the season to sort of feel where you are. You know, even you race uh, from the tape and practice in your home track, you know, it's it's always different. Uh, it's it's it, When you go for sparring, there's always a little bit more like intensity maybe some nerves uh where you when you race from the tape in, in your own club you know it's, it's just practice there it's, it's not really the same but uh you know we you have to make the most of it uh with, with these conditions in this in this hard times and uh i don't think we can blame into that you just look at the rush love boys today they were flying and it didn't seem to bother them so that's that's a bad excuse we can't really use that one so uh yeah, yeah. You know, this reminds me of uh, a few years, in 2017 when when the stadium was built here and was ready, and I actually went here with with Tanuf and uh, we did a, a test meeting here and was the same like empty stadium, everything. The the vibe felt a little bit the same, but uh, 
it's going to be nice to get the fans back. Um, you know, we have uh, in Lublin, we have some of the greatest fans in the entire Speedway world. Uh, when we were in Rochlev last year, the entire away box over there were full and was on fire during the whole meeting. So uh, definitely miss them them tonight. But uh, like I said, you know, we're just going to move on. Next week, we, uh, we're racing at home. Fans are back. And... Uh, yeah, we, we can only take the positives from today. You know, I had a had a decent meeting myself. Um, ma- made a mistake after my second race where I changed the bike, and I shouldn't have done that. But uh, you know, you live and learn. It's first meeting of the season, so I'm just happy it's it's done and over, and now we can move forward. So that was Mikkel Mickelson, and uh, a downside easier to uh, understand. I got what he said, right? <laughs> but uh, that's, that's uh, very good news immediately uh, for the show, for our show. Uh, you know, this this was probably the biggest uh, talking point in the world of Speedway over the past seven days. Uh, the fact that the Polish League had returned to Speedway. I know the cars had been raced in America a few weeks prior to that, but this is now the return of the bike scene. And that's a pretty significant news story. And, and, and the listeners probably need to be aware that Poland, as far as a, a world power in speedway bike racing, uh, there's no question where that stands at the moment. The, the, the popularity of speedway bike racing in Poland is incredible. And uh, uh, good work, Craig, uh, for putting that together. I must commend you. And uh, very informative. And, and well done uh, to all of the riders. Um, and that Roslav track is a very, very good speedway bike race. There's no question for that. Mm. Yeah, and uh, well, we are going to keep in touch with how things go, and I'm sure across the course of the season that uh, Max Frick, Ty Wolfenden um, will have an opportunity to uh, say a few words there. I'm sure of it, and of course, don't forget later in the, into the year, uh, um, the Speedway Grand Prix is expected to start again too, and and um, Max Frick and Jason Doyle representing Australia there. So, so there's. For bike fans and, and general Speedway listeners, um, there's, there's a fair bit happening on the international scene coming up. Mm. Well, Dennis, we've had a mixed bag tonight. Great to have Tony Loxley on board. And uh, that was, uh, you know, it really shooting straight in uh, that didn't he, interview. Yeah. Didn't he say some interesting things, Craig? Mm. And, and um, I must concur with, with what he said. Um, he calls it as he sees it. There's no question of that. Yep, indeed. It's a pleasure to catch up with you at any time, Dennis, but look forward to speaking to you next week. Good. Thanks very much, Bright. Tune in next week for more on Inside Speedway. Inside Speedway is produced by Thunder Media. Any reproduction, accounts, or descriptions of the program without written permission from Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Inside Speedway is brought to you by P1 Australia and by Speedway Classics Magazine, on sale now.